Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to another episode of What Next? Today's episode features a very intriguing guest, a fine lady by the name of Jenna Young, who used to be the executive creative director at the globally renowned public relations and communications firm Weber Shandwick. But she then migrated to a new title in a very new type of place. She is the head of client creative at Corn Ferry. And Corn Ferry, for many of you, you may know of as a headhunting firm, but it is also now a executive management consulting and a bunch of other things. Welcome, Jenna. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Well, you know, Jenna, one of the most interesting things is you are a shapeshifter, and I have a lot of interesting questions, but let me begin by asking you to speak a little bit about what got you to both Weber Shanwick and then from there, what got you to Corn Ferry, which seems to be an unusual shift. Yes. Um, well, prior to, to Weber Shanwick, I was... I, you know, I'd grown up in the advertising agency world. I'd started at YNR. I'd spent some quality time at Martin Agency, and as I was just looking around, I think, like everyone, I I had fallen in love with the Crispin Porter model in the I would say it was mid to late '90s, where they were really doing work that earned a lot of attention, and I was watching the PR space. And 12 years ago, they were still. I would say a little bit more nascent in their creativity. And I was really excited to bring some of the disciplines from the advertising world and practice that in the, in the PR world. So when I joined Weber, um, it, I was there at a great time and just saw an enormous evolution. We built the first creative team in their New York office and we you know, brought in project management, brought in strategy and really had an exciting time watching creativity blossom and grow and become so integral to what they do and so important uh, on all of the largest accounts. And then I was part of the Creative Leadership Council at McCann and was watching as so many of the other ad agencies, we'd, we'd come together and we would look at the work that was going to be put forward and more and more earn-centric ideas were coming to the forefront. And now you look at any video case study and it starts with the headlines being read. You know, you really know that something has made a difference when it's popped in culture. So it was really exciting to be there 12 years and watch it really grow and blossom. Uh, Weber Shanwick ended up on the uh, ad age A-list. I think it was the first PR firm to make it there within, I'd say, three or four years of me starting the department. So great times. And I want to take all that energy and all that that kind of growth mindset and just apply it in a different field. When I looked at Corn Ferry and I looked at in kind of this more internal uh, communications, the way that we talk to the organization, the way that leaders get their messages out, I feel like that's another place where creative has really been under leveraged and underutilized and it hasn't really been on the industry's radar as much, but it's so important. It can be so impactful and I'm a bit, uh, planning to take everything that I'd learned from a phenomenal experience at Weber and just apply it at Corn Ferry. So Jenna, could you tell me a little bit about what Corn Ferry does? 
Uh, Cordfairy was initially known for executive search, um, but it's really grown in expertise surrounding business success, how to deliver the mindset, the abilities, the structures, and the systems that make someplace a great place to work. You know, Cordfairy has gone from executive search to how do you make sure that the organization and culture that those executives work in and lead have maximum business impact? Yes. And what in the world got them to hire a creative person to add into this mix? You know, I think they want to be great partners. And as they're looking at the different challenges that are facing their clients, the idea that you can take a leader's vision off the page and into the halls and help them really articulate that and bring it to life is more important now than ever. Um, we talk a lot about you know, creating the value proposition for a company. You also have to live it. So being able to have someone who really understands and knows the employers, uh, the employees, the environment, we are working together to really change something that you do because you want to do it, not because you have to do it. And taking a lot of the lessons that come from what used to be, you know, I would say almost the consumer mindset of marketing and advertising an idea and really putting as much attention to that inside as we do outside. Because um, you also want to make sure that your internal brand isn't a disconnect from your external brand. Uh, I think we've all had an experience where you go into a company and it's it's not what you were expecting. It doesn't really match how you'd perceived it outside. And that can be a real dissonance. And, and you want to really help make it as cohesive an experience as possible. Absolutely. Well, one of the things that I've often written about, and I believe you all are a living embodiment of this, or try to get your clients, helping your clients become living embodiments, is that even broadly in the world of marketing uh, defined broadly, I have this thing called the ABCDE of marketing, and E is about the enterprise, and that is about how is the enterprise organized so people can both do stuff friction-free and fear-free. But the other ones is that unless your employees are happy, it's very hard to build a great brand Yeah, because employees are increasingly the brand, if that makes yes. sense. And therefore, now when someone gets recruited and is trying to make their organization more aligned for the future, they have to sort of recognize they have to bring the entire organization along. And this was always true, but I think in the events of the last two or three years, it's become even truer. Yeah, we have this convergence of really interesting things happening. Um, you're also balancing the hybrid and re remote workforce, um, which is making everyone much more intentional, I think, with the way that they're approaching workplace culture. Uh, you have the great resignation or reconsideration. Um, people are talking a little bit about quiet quitting. Um, and there's huge pushes, uh, not only in the U.S., but globally for more diverse teams. Um, and really, you have to think through the, the need that to be successful, it's so much more than getting people in the door. It's making sure they thrive once they get there. So I'm going to ask you for your perspectives on a couple of examples and you may or may not be able to speak about these because I do not think that they are your clients. Yeah. Uh, but there are two individuals that I've recently been paying attention to because I've known them mm -hmm. in the past. Um, one is a gentleman called Bob Chapek, who is the CEO of Disney. Yeah. Um, another is a gentleman by the name of Lakshman Narasimhan, who used to be the CEO of Racket. 
and is now the designated CEO of Starbucks. Yep. A couple of articles that I read about them recently, um, and I know them, uh, but I'm just speaking about publicly you know, available articles. In fact, both appeared yesterday. One is about how a lot of what Bob Chapek is now doing, and I thought about you, is being driven by his head of communications. And that's everything from being easily accessible at D23, which is their big mm-hmm. Disney event for all their fans that takes place uh, once a year, getting him to start walking the parks again, yep. and all the way down to something that seems a little weird, but apparently is part of the communication plan, is she asked him not to shave his beard after he grew a beard during vacation. Uh, and so it's crafting every part of how he communicates and how the organization works. And similarly, um, you know, I heard about what some of the things that Lakshman Narasimhan is going to be doing at Starbucks, including spending a long period getting his barista training. So he gets the official barista apron. Uh, and a lot about the communication that they were talking about doesn't sound like that of a CEO. It sounds much more like someone who is trying to empower and be available to their workforce. It, it absolutely does. I would say, to take the second case first, the Brista training is a signal to everyone that he, this leader really understands the business itself and where the consumer is going to be interacting with it and the touch point. And, um, you know, I think a lot about how usually that, you know, storefront uh, level or the manager level, if we empower those people, you can so much more quickly scale uh, any changes that you want to have across your company. That is where most people are encountering it. That's where the the real presence is. And we work so hard in coming up with brands and strategies, but if it isn't coming to life day to day where people are interacting with your brand, then in a lot of ways, all is lost. Um, and you might also be missing the opportunities to really think through the just important interactions, which are what make the difference for your team so that they feel the passion, so that they feel really driven to do the best that they can and and the importance of the job that they're doing. So I think that's a really important signal for him to go and to get the barista training and just let people know that he is very much in touch with the reality of where the business is. And he'll probably discover some things uh, that you maybe don't see as much when your sleeves aren't rolled up and you're not part of of being inside the business, not just looking at it or or on it. Um, So I think that's a really powerful reminder to all of us. Uh, There's also always this really interesting work done about um, researching how to get the most out of people. I think the big difference is loving what you do and the connection to your team and caring about your manager. And that comes from the way that you're treated. And if you're in a place where you feel like you're supported and you're seen, uh, they say people are willing to take something like a 15% pay cut to be at a job where they feel like they're doing purposeful work. Um, Although I would never want anyone to be in a position where they'd have to do that. Uh, But I think I remember in my agency days, there would be smaller businesses where I just loved the clients and I would just put in more work. There were the managers who 
um, you had a really good rapport with, and you were just excited every day to kind of bring their vision to life. So in both cases, I also think they're trying to um, be radically human. Um, keeping your beard on is part of being who you are, which is a good signal to everyone else that you can accept them for who they are as well. It, it's a little bit more welcoming. I do think over the course of the pandemic, one of the best things that has happened is we've seen into each other's homes in a lot of um, you know more the jobs that we're able to go remote. And it's kind of taken away the artifice of professionalism. And it's brought in this humanity. People meet each other's kids as they come in and interrupt meetings. And it's okay because you're allowed to be a whole human. And it's important to be able to see in everyone, especially leaders, that side of them. So if the beard is something that just gives him some joy and he doesn't have to shave every morning, fantastic. Those are, I think, very important ways to just show your humanity and, and open up and take it on that personal level. That's so important. Could you, Jenna, let me know about what a creative does in a firm? Like, what do you do in your job? I, I would say that it it hasn't actually changed that much. Um, effective creative work really has to have that, like, strong strategy. And what I, I like is that I am now in a position where I'm inside of businesses and I am seeing what a leader's vision is and what they want to achieve. Uh, actually, a little bit higher up the food chain uh, than we would have otherwise and beginning to craft those those messages and those values that are going to become the basis, I would say, down the road for what briefs end up going out to the ad agencies and the PR partners uh, that they go execute against. So being able to really think through the purpose of a company, the importance of a culture, it's crafting that message that's going to be really compelling and uh, beginning to think about how do we get people aligned behind it and excited and to engage with it. So three months in, uh, I don't have a lot that's been executed yet, but I would say all of the same uh, mechanics of creativity are the same. We're just playing in a different space. So you're really getting briefed by C-level executives, often CEOs, on what their vision for the company is. They all sort of recognize that this vision has to be executed across multiple stakeholders, both internal, external, marketplaces, press, and obviously customers and consumers. Yeah, I'm also working with leadership teams and trying to solve problems like, how do we bring in a culture of creativity? How do we get teams to be more innovative and change? Uh, how do we reorient a group of people so that, um, you know, sometimes if a company is going through a transition, if it's a, a merger, an acquisition or a turnaround story, how do you get people inside to almost feel like it's a new day at their job? Uh, so there's a little bit of recruiting in it, but there's also a little bit of re-recruiting, making sure that the people who are there feel supported. And it's backed by a team who are making sure that the structures of the, the environment, the system uh, are in place for people to be successful. One of the big shifts, at least I have sensed, but you might know this better, is for a long time within a organization, a great deal of emphasis was placed on capital versus employees and on 
data-driven solutions versus creativity. Not that both, not that employees and data and creativity was not important, but in most organizations, you know, after they said the nice smart words about we care about employees and we care about creativity, if you looked at the behavior, the way they promoted people, the way they allocated their assets, it was 75, 25, 80, 20, you know, tilting towards the other. What I have sensed is over the last three, four, five years, that is tending to become much more from an 80-20 to a 60-40, where there's much more of a movement towards understanding both the importance of employees versus the just capital and the importance of creativity and innovation inside an organization and outside an organization versus just the spreadsheet. Have I got it right? Yes, um, that's human capital. Uh, there's an old saying, you know, especially from my ad agency days, that the product and the value of the company walks out the door every night. And when you think about the information that the people in your business have, that is where the the innovation can happen. That's where change can happen. And I'm I'm really fascinated by the power of a really a, a, a workforce with a clear vision to be able to change. And I think that people can change really nimbly um, if they're given a clear enough direction and a mission and a reason to do it. And you think about the power of having more innovative people on your team, especially, you know, where people, you know, I think these days are looking around the uh, economic environment and really wanting to make sure that they can stay ahead. Uh, and I do think that a vision and a motivation and that empowerment of people can help to transform businesses. Um, an example I've seen recently that I loved was uh, Dole had looked at their discarded fiber that wasn't being used in pineapple juice or pineapple uh, products and realized that it could be made into vegan leather. Uh, and that has led to partnerships with fashion brands. And now they're producing something called pineapple leather. Um, so there is something that was literally waste at a company that's been turned into a potential new revenue stream and a brand builder at that. And, and that's because someone in the organization recognized it. Someone was empowered by it. Someone acted on it. Um, and that's what you want is for people to feel like their role is open enough that they have permission to go look and to make some changes and to make some suggestions and that everyone is kind of tuned into a new idea and agile enough to jump on it. I, I almost want to rethink titles for people. You know, the, uh, you know, are, would a brand manager do more if their title was a brand builder? How do you start thinking about people in a way that really inspires them to widen the lens of their job. And if you got everyone to just widen the lens and to think through how they could make a positive change, imagine the sort of agility that you could get as a company. True. So Jenna, since you have creative in your title, head of client creative, um, can you tell us a little bit about what creativity, how do you define creativity or what creativity is? Sure. Um, I think that it's a simple idea that you're really jealous of when you see it. Um, you, you look at it and you go, oh, I wish I'd seen that. Um, I think that creatives just solve problems in a totally different way. Um, and at the end of the day, that's what moves people. Uh, creative work in this space is often about behavior change. Um, and that's an incredibly hard brief. Uh, people, adults, do not tend to change. Um, and when they do make changes, it's really hard to make it stick. Uh, so I think creativity will inspire people, especially successful people, to change, to try things in a new way. And, 
And the stakes are really high when you ask someone to change, when their identity and their pride and their livelihoods could potentially be impacted by that. That's a tough brief. So creativity is really understanding. Um, you know, now our insights are coming from Corn Ferry really understands because they can assess it. What are the traits and the drivers behind an individual? And we, we can really think about how to move the needle and motivate them. Um, so I think the power of creativity is that it can share a vision. It can let everyone see the same potential of a new and, and potential promise in such a way that they can get involved, they can get on board, and that's how it spreads. Um, there's interesting research that kind of, it, it can sit between 10% and 20% of an organization. Um, but if it's, if you kind of can identify the influencers and the right people, you actually only need 10% of your team or your group to take on a new way of working. Because if it's the right 10%, other people notice and it starts to feel bigger than it actually really is. And they start hearing, you know, creativity sometimes can give you that handle or that hook or that language that helps you identify the mission that you're all on. And there begins to be this momentum and people just get swept up on it and you can get to a tipping uh, point really faster. Um, Because I think people want to be part of a positive future. People want to be part of something exciting. People want to be able to change. And that's the power of creativity. I I think that it can be an accelerant. Could not agree more. And within your organization, this new organization, have people kind of looked at you funny and said, what are you doing? And like, what is it like to be you know, a creative in a organization known for button-down executive search consultants? That has been the most unexpected joy of the whole thing. People look at me absolutely funny and um, have no idea what to do with me, but they are so game to try. And I have been so impressed by, to a person, how open everyone has been to inviting me into a process, being willing to look at a a problem differently, uh, change the way that we would present something to a client, alter things inside of a presentation, bring fresh ideas, make new introductions. And the momentum's been huge, but I so admire across the organization, there is this constant hunger for a new approach, for fresh ideas. And they're very welcoming of people who think differently and who will be maybe a little bit of a provocateur, um, but who uh, will make a new observation or push things a bit. I have just been blown away by the agility and the hunger to redefine and recreate and um, think about the way that they could redefine Corn Ferry and just be an organization that maybe surprises the industry, uh, definitely could surprise and delight their clients. And there's a real excitement, uh, not just with hiring me, but for a lot of the people they've brought in, of uh, continuing to evolve as, as a company. Perfect. What advice would you have for people in the agency space broadly, since you've worked both in ad agencies and you've worked in PR agencies, and now you're looking at an organization from more of an inside and senior perspective because of you working for an executive search firm at its core, which is obviously becoming much more creative and organizational design driven. What advice would you give people in the world of marketing services? 
Well, you all know the power of an idea um, and that, you know, ideas really don't count if, if they don't get made. Um, so you need to be able to pitch and present and sell in and have the right audience for the idea. That's, that's work that um, agencies already know and understand. But I think sometimes we all want to energize our culture. Um, we we want to be more digital or we want to be more innovative. Um, and those are the same challenges I think that any company faces. Uh, so we have a little model, which all you have to do is remember mass. Um, the M is mindset. Um, are you giving people the psychological safety um, and the understanding that their voice and their ideas have value and could actually lead to change? And that's really everyone within a group because in my experience, you've sometimes seen, yes, you have creative departments, but you also have creative people. Uh, and as we bring new people on and as we move into new spaces, having the right mindset, having that energy, having that uh, singular vision is, is so important. Um, then the A is abilities. You know, do you have the right people in place? Do they have the right experience and, and talent and training to really have the drive to create the thing that needs to be made? Um, often we rely a lot on the talent part, but maybe we fall down a bit in the training um, or we are not looking at the varied level of experience. One of the most exciting things that I found is some of the fresher faces, newer experience. There are people who are coming with different experiences to the table. There are people who are coming who maybe don't have as much traditional training. And when you pair them with someone who is just very... Um, well seeped in understanding how things get made and how things are done, there can almost be a reverse mentoring ship. And that becomes a very interesting chemistry and, and angle. Something I was very successful at in my last role was not having teams be peers, but having there always be one person who was less experienced teamed up with one person who was more experienced because some really interesting things happened as a result. Um, your structure uh, are people in the right roles? Um, do you have the right mix and the right number of them? Uh, and then the system. When you unleash a team with a promise to, to go out and do great things, does the process get in the way? And if that starts to be a grind and starts to have resistance, or if there aren't rewards for the initiative that they're making, um, or there's these short-term pressure that's you know next quarter sales goals, uh, is that making it impossible to get sort of the investment and the att attention on the things that are long-term growth? All of these things working together, no one thing that you, you can't just have a talented team or you just can't have um, an infusion of money. You have to have the mindset, the ability, the system and the structure all working together uh, and to have the creativity of your people. And that could be a creative team or it just could be a group of motivated people in a system that's agile enough to embrace a change and, and whatever comes next. Sounds like quite a few things that people have to basically do, but eventually it turns out to be about people. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience? I imagine everyone is thinking a lot about their culture these days. And I think it is worth being very intentional. When you think about all of the hopes that you have for what you are doing, you remember the purpose that you brought to your job when you first came how do you keep that fresh and alive for yourself? But more importantly, how do you bring it fresh and alive for, you, for your team? How do you keep people united together on a very clear vision? Um, something that I have always resisted is this notion that change takes a long time. I read 
articles all the time that say, you know, something that's really important to me is, is uh, gender equity and pay. And when I look at something that says it'll take 73 years before um, white women who are at the most ahead of the curve on that will have the same pay. I look at that and I don't think that's true. It doesn't take time. It takes willpower. It takes intentionality. And I do think that we are all in positions where we can find the will to make any change. I remember pre-pandemic, none of us would jump on Teams. None of us would do video chatting. Uh, but overnight, we all did. Uh, for years, we've talked about the pipeline of getting more diversity into agencies. And there's been a lot of talk about it, but not a lot of action. And then suddenly, there was. Having the right situation and having the right environment can force us to change really quickly. Having the right vision and having the right will and having the right intentionality, we could choose to change quickly. And um, so, so maybe that's the one thing that I wanted to put out there. Uh, whatever you, you dream is possible to do as an organization or as a person, where, wherever you would like to set the goal for your team, it is achievable. And it's probably achievable much faster than anyone would tell you. You just have to make your mission clear and get your teams on board and then let nothing stand in your way. I would agree with you on that. It's become very clear that there is a urgency of and a bias for action that's basically called for. And uh, more and more across the world, people are questioning leaders who either do not eat their own dog food, which is do what they claim that they are going to do. You can no longer say one thing and do another thing because it will be discovered and it will be broadcast across social media, shared on Glassdoor. Um, and often many senior managers don't realize that the complete information asymmetry of power that they thought they had has completely gone the other side, that they actually don't have as much information and data as the people who work for them. Yeah. Uh, and that is pretty interesting. And people are saying, you know what, uh, get out of the way. And part of, I think, what also is happening with distributed unbundled work, which is what I call remote hybrid, is the real challenge is what does a manager do? What does an executive do? Right. So if an executive gives orders, monitors and looks at numbers, people say, well, a machine can do that and we don't need that. What do you do? And that, I think, again, comes to the bias of can you motivate people? Can you come up with creative ideas? Can you learn to lead? Because leading is important. Managing is so yesterday. hundred percent. Perfect. We've had the opportunity to listen to Chenna Young who today is the head of Client Creative at Corn Ferry, a executive search firm that also helps businesses organize and unleash their talent, uh, including with creativity and a lot of other advice. Um, Jenna today has taken us across the world of why creativity is important, why the move is more towards organizational de design unleashing talent, and communicating across all channels. And these are now increasingly done by the C-level executives of a firm, which basically means that we should all pay attention that as we think about marketing, we need to think across different stakeholder audiences, which include often internal employees. 
And Jenna has also explained to us that change, while somewhat difficult, doesn't need to basically meander forever and can be done with great intentionality. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you. My pleasure. What Next, a publicist group podcast produced by Prodigious UK. 